Hello, Sobertown, and welcome to another Sobertown podcast. This is your special two-for-one happy hour. My name is Polly, and with me on the train, riding into the wonderful world of sobriety, is my beautiful sober sister, Karina. Hi, Karina. Hi there. Good afternoon. <laughs> Good morning to you. Yes. Good morning to me. Yeah, Karina and I are riding the sober train. We've both got a lot of sober days behind us, over a thousand between us. Wow. Are we? Are we over a thousand? How many days? Um, yeah, we must be because I'm 450. I'm not sure when I get to 500, but it can't be far off, I don't think. Uh, so. And I'm, I'm 537, so we're coming up on a thousand yeah. days between us. So that's pretty darn yeah. good. So, really? yes. Um, we're going to talk about, we haven't done a podcast for a little while, so we're going to catch you up on different things that we've had going on. Um, Winter is coming, as we know, which is a tough time because longer dark nights can sometimes not help with sobriety because we all want the sunshine and the light. It makes us feel better. And I know you struggle with that, don't you, Karina? Yeah, I do. Um, quite a bit. But I think most of us do. Um, mm. You know, it's and but I think a lot of us struggle more than our ancestors did because back in time way back when um when it was dark people would just go to sleep you know and when it's yeah. light they'd wake up um, <laughs> and now with this this age that we have with all the technology and even just the, the electric light bulb um we're sort of kind of forced to stay awake outside of those times and we're, we're changing our Ukrainian rhythms um or whatever they're called you know those rhythms circadian rhythms yeah the circadian <laughs> circadian circadian i'm not sure how you pronounce yeah. it yeah. yeah yeah the so rhythms it, yeah so it's difficult because we're going against what what we were born to be really and do mm-hmm. um but I, I have caught myself a lot lately of like well it's winter so i'm going to be bad it's winter because you know so i've tried to change my thinking quite a bit to well it's winter well actually it's not quite winter here yet. it's it's fall and we've got a very late fall or autumn as we call it over here um a lot of our trees have been really green until this last week and then the leaves have started to fall so it's been quite a late one for us really and the sun has been shining here again today it's a bit crisp and a bit cold um but actually we can't go by the season so much over here now because mm. the weather isn't changing um and but what I've been saying to myself, well, it, it's fall, it's going to be winter, it's going to be beautiful, it's going to be what it is, because that is natural. You know, the seasons are natural and the same as light, night and day are natural. And so I've really been trying to go with that. So rather than telling myself that I'm going to be bad, because if I tell myself I'm going to be bad, then sure as hell I'm going to be. I've been trying to sort of tell myself that, that the seasons are fine. There's nothing wrong with the seasons. They are what they are. Catastrophizing. Yeah. Is that, what, is that yeah. what they call it? Catastrophizing. Catastrophizing. Yeah, I'm great at that. Yay. I'm great at making that snowball into a great big <laughs> boulder. <laughs> I don't. Winter doesn't worry me. I mean, I, I get to quite like it uh, in a way because, especially in Texas, it's nice to have it a bit cooler. But even back in the UK, I never used to mind the winter. Mm. And I think. You saying about it, it goes back to our ancestors. I remember, this is how old I am, guys. I remember at 10 o'clock every night, the test card coming on. Yes. And TV <laughs> shutting down and everybody went to bed. <laughs> yeah. 
and they played God Save the Queen, didn't they? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, they played God Save the Queen and then the test card was on and it stayed on right through the, most of the next day. They'd have the little watch with mother thing on and yeah. a little program around lunchtime. But then you'd get the test card again until the evening. So there wasn't much TV to watch when we were kids. <laughs> and there was three channels and it was yep. all black and white. There was oh, no my color. God. I remember my very first black and white program was watching what I watched was Wagon Train. <laughs> oh, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. No, you're not as old as I am. That's why. <laughs> I remember Wagon Train. But I, I've got a, I think it, maybe it's my mindset. I just think that winter follows autumn. You know, it's the natural way of things. And then spring will come and then we'll be back in summer. It's like, that's the flow of life, isn't it? I mean, I'm coming into the winter of my life now. I mean, I had my, uh, I've had my spring and my summer and, um, yeah, getting to the end of autumn with it, and I'm heading into winter. As anybody who knows me, I have snowy white hair. So <laughs> I've even got my winter hair. But I just, it doesn't, like I say, it doesn't really bother me. No. The the change of seasons, because to me, it's just a natural one thing follows another. It's like Tuesday follows Monday to me. I don't I don't worry about the seasons. And just lately in my sobriety, I am enjoying being at home and not really doing a lot. Mm. And taking a lot of that me time and. I've been reading different kinds of books because I am trying to move away from just the sobriety identity. Yeah. Definitely. And I, I think we're, we're both on the same page with that one, aren't we? We don't want to be identified just at, by our sobriety. And I've said this before, we wear many hats um, throughout our lifetime. And even throughout a week, we will wear many hats the homemaker, the mother, the grandmother, the wife. So we're more than just our sobriety. And I'm enjoying going back to some of those identities and moving away from just that one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I think when we first start out, I think, you know, for most of us, it's really important to read those sobriety books. Everything yes. is about sobriety. And, I, you know, I always say if if we work our sobriety as hard as we work our, our drinking, then we're, we're sure to a winner. And um, I, I don't think about drinking anymore. Drinking isn't part of my life anymore, but sobriety is. So I do mm -hmm. have to work it still. Yes. Um, but but books and things that I tend to read now aren't all about sobriety it's about working on the the other stuff underneath and um I know you're very good because you read quite avidly um about all of that and, and share a lot of that um but I've kind of even taken a bit of a a backward step from that from some of that that reading um in fact, I've just, you may have seen, I've just stepped out some of the groups this morning as well. Because yes. I'm trying to, to focus on writing a sobriety book myself. That's what I wanted to, yes, that's <laughs> something new. You're going to write a book. Yeah. Um, what, what brought that on? Well, 
write, book writing is something that I've always wanted to do. And I've, I've got quite a few books that I've written sort of back in, you know, they've never got published, never got published. But as I think they're still there, they're still in the ether, they're still sort of, you know, got a fire, little fire underneath them. And I just started thinking a few months ago about writing a sobriety book, about trying to, you know, all the things that we've learned on this journey. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, which is so much. The things we've podcasted about, the things I've read about, the things I've posted about. And I thought, you know, maybe, maybe it would be good to put some of my ideas out there um, and just see if, if it would help other people so I'm not going to give too much away because I think it's a very different kind of of book it's not something that I've seen out there before I will share it with you later off air what my okay. series but but I don't want to kind of I would like to see up. the manuscript are you going to use yeah. a dictation um you're going to use there's so many dictation apps out there because I know you yeah. struggle some days with your coordination because of your is it fnd is that yeah, what affects yeah, it? Yeah. So are you going to use some dictation apps to help you? Because there's so many out there now, isn't there, to help with yeah. um, with people who struggle? Yeah, I mean, there, there's meant to be something on my computer, um, my laptop, but it never seems to work. And actually, um, what I tend to do is use my voice recorder on my phone sometimes if, I, if I'm out and about and I suddenly think of something to write mm-hmm. in there, I'll use my voice recorder for that. But I'm tending to just sit, and type it on my laptop because I kind of can think a little bit differently when I'm typing I think so I'm very used to that because of the yeah. years of nursing and keeping records and care plans and typing I'm used to and, and the letters used to have right to the GPs I'm used to typing it all out so yeah but I'm just doing a little bit a day because it, it comes back to that old thing Polly of like um when you've got a project of any sort and it seems too much, it stops you from doing it, you know. So I've taken that back the step of like, I'm just going to do an hour a day or two hours a day or just do one heading a day if that's what I need. Um, it's a bit like when you've got a room or a whole house to clean and it just seems too much to think, right, let's break it down to a room. And then sometimes even the room can feel too much. So let's just break it down to the wardrobe. And even that can feel too much. Let's just break it down to half the wardrobe. And so I'm trying to break it down into bite-sized pieces. It's not letting yourself get overwhelmed by thoughts of it. And um, Mm. we can blame Drifter for this one of getting their minds working in different ways. Him and his bloody rewired. Rewired. Yeah. (laughs) Bless him. It's, it, it's wonderful. I love what he's doing. I think it's absolutely amazing. We haven't talked about the website, but we will do during this podcast because mm-hmm. there's so much happening on there with Drifter. But and when Erica Spiegelman came on and talked to um, the ladies on the ladies' Zoom, and one of the things in her book, one, her I listened to her book on audio. I've also got it on. Um, I've also got the book itself. And she said, if you want to write a book, she said, even if you just write one page a day, that's 365 pages of a book Mm. in a year. Yeah. So there's no time limit on these. Because if you start putting time limits on it, you're pressurizing yourself and you're putting yourself under so much stress. And I agree with you with breaking things down. And that's what we've done with our sobriety, isn't it? We've broken it down into manageable 
The first few months of sobriety is just purely concentrating on not picking up the next drink. Mm. You know, yeah. this. I'm getting up this morning. I'm not going to drink today. You get through that day and then you get up the next morning. You go, I did that day. So guess what? I'm not going to drink today. And that's how you do it. Right at the beginning, you take manageable little pieces that are not overwhelming because when you try and do too much, people get overwhelmed and then it, it they stumble. Hmm. And we do do the quick lit at the beginning. But then once we get through those first few months, we're still doing the quick lit, but we're also starting to examine ourselves a lot more. We start digging into ourselves. Um and we're even doing that in um, small, small bits. And we can be doing the same thing again and again and again. But each time you do it, you discover something new. Mm. It was like with me recently with um, the medication. I reached a point and I thought, I want to try this. But I, I wouldn't have been able to do that 12 months ago. There's just no way I could manage it. And... I'm a great believer in common sense. Um, and my common sense was telling me that was too much. Don't do yeah. it. Yeah. So I waited to a point till I thought I could. And I tried it. I will tell you, I was not that. Um, I wouldn't say it was not successful. I would say it was a discovery. Because I discovered I couldn't quite go with that, which means I am not quite my mind and body are not quite ready to let it go. Yeah. And I think just for people listening, because we did do a whole podcast on yes. Holly, but it hasn't gone out now because we had some, some sound difficulties. We need to polish it up. Technical um, issues. Technical issues. But, but you've tried to, you tried to reduce your anxiety, anxiety medication. medication yeah. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. which went okay. Well, it was a bit, awful the first week and then it settled for a couple of weeks didn't it and then slowly it, it, yeah slowly I could feel myself sort of going down my my mood shift and my my patience was sort of going down and I thought this I don't like this and if I have to go back up because all I did anybody listening what I did was I wanted to try and come off this it was quite a lowish dose it was 25 milligrams of sertraline a day and I reduced it down to half a pill so that's like 12 and a half milligrams the first 10 days were like <laughs> you know I talked to you about it it was horrible I hated it yeah. I cried I was angry but the, the tears and that I couldn't talk to anybody without crying or without saying the wrong thing and without getting upset because everything seemed so loud to me People mm. talking to me, it seemed just so loud and too much. And I knew it was withdrawal. Like I say, I'm a great believer in common sense. And I knew it was withdrawal and I knew it was going to happen, but I didn't quite expect it to be quite like that. And you and I talked about it and you said, you know, it's going to take a while. But then all of a sudden, I seem to level out. After about two weeks, I seem to feel a little calmer. I've, I got to a place of almost calm. And I thought, OK, I can do this. But then all of a sudden, I started to feel a deterioration. Mm. And 
whether that coincided with some de deterioration with my husband, which he is, bless his heart, deteriorating, um, I don't know. But I suddenly felt this isn't the right time then. If I'm starting to feel like this, this isn't the right time. So I went back to the 25 milligrams and I've got to admit, I feel better. Whether it's all Good. psychological, I don't know. You know, where they, they could give me a placebo for all I know. <laughs> and I could think it makes me feel better. But I do feel better. And I, I will probably try again at some point, but I'm going to give myself a grace period. But Good. Yeah, and Good. I know you have been struggling the last few weeks as well yourself, haven't you? Yeah, I have. But but I just wanted to say there that, um, you know, I, I am a believer in the medication and I do believe that it works. There's lots of different schools of thoughts on antidepressant and anti-anxiety drugs. But I, I do believe in all that mm -hmm. because it does make a chemical shift in our brain. And so that's going to affect us. It's going to impact on us as well. And and like you just said, I think timing is key because yep. I did reduce in the summer down on some of my antidepressant medication. But I'm not going to do it right now because I've been a bit overwhelmed. I've been struggling a bit. So I'm like, no, actually, let me get through the winter. Let me get into the new year and then I'll see what's what. And I think timing is key and timing is key with sobriety as well. I, I really do. I, I really do believe yeah. that. You know, I'm not saying that that my word is, is, is right. But to me, timing really is key. It has to be the right time for people to give up drinking. And we see some people time and time again, just getting frustrated because they're resetting day after up. day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes I think we have to step back and go, is this the right time for me? Am I doing it for me? You know, mm -hmm. is this what I really want? And I think that can take the pressure off. Um, because I know also with you, when we did our last podcast, it hasn't been aired yet. I mean, hopefully it will one day mm -hmm. when we get it. I'm hoping to get it sorted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was quite a good one. Um, but, um, yeah, one of, one of the things that you said on there that was you were hoping to then completely come off the medication. Yes. And you'd only adjust half them, but straight away you were putting some pressure on yourself to sort of then yeah. try and come off, which, you know, wouldn't have been the right timing. So, you know, time, timing really is key. And we really have to look at that in the planning and preparation of things. Um, but yeah, with myself, um, I, yeah, I've been feeling quite overwhelmed. I'm, we were supposed to do this podcast a few days ago. Mm -hmm. And thank you for taking the rain check. I, That's um, fine. I we, just woke up. We come first. At, at the end of the day, we come first. Yeah. Sorry, folks. I know you like listening to the podcast, yeah. but in order to do a podcast, we got to feel good about ourselves. And if we don't feel good about ourselves, we're not doing a podcast. Podcast, no. And, yeah. <laughs> Because I could hardly talk that day. I was like, Jelly, I woke up and I was just completely overwhelmed. I was shaking. I could hardly talk. And there's nothing specific that had happened, apart from I now know the full moon and the lunar eclipse has had a great <laughs> impact on quite a lot of us. It didn't turn into <laughs> werewolves, folks. No, not <laughs> quite. I was, I was close, I think. I was on the first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had to go and pluck a few more of those hairs from my chinny chin chin <laughs> that us older ladies get. <laughs> I think, actually, that's something we've been discovering with different things. I mean, I never, I mean, I've always been a believer in the moon, yeah. But having drunk for so long, <laughs> I didn't notice the effects of the full moon. 
until no. recently. And I noticed that my cat bless cats bless them heart bless them. I can't get them in when there's a full moon. Yeah, you know. So yeah, it's yeah. Um, but yeah, it obviously affected you. Yeah, I think it did, and and all the stuff that's been happening in my life, you know, recently, it has been quite um, a stressful time. Um, it's been a time that that probably would have completely sunk me had I been drinking. Yeah. Um, but you know, because I was sober, it was just a stressful time. It it was life, you know. It's been one thing after the other, and I think sort of probably there was just an accumulation of things and I was just I didn't have a lot on on Thursday I wanted to do my my podcast with you I wanted yeah. to do my positive recovery podcast and I had to go to the dentist and I had to go in and do well I say I had to but these are the things that were in my mind that I needed to yeah. do that day I needed to go into I am Sabra and do some support in there I needed to go into the ladies group and do some support in there and you know it was just it just completely overwhelmed me so the only thing I did end up doing was go to the dentist for some fillings um you know and then just but we know actually that some days you just can't do it mm. if you manage to get out of bed have a shower and go to the dentist you're a winner yeah definitely the other definitely. stuff the podcast as we now know can be postponed mm. the support there is always someone there to give support yeah, I know we do feel guilty when we can't get in there continuously to give the support, but we know between us, we've seen these groups and how they interact, that there is always someone there supporting one. They're always there supporting each other. They're such a great bunch of ladies. Um, so we are allowed to give ourselves grace. Definitely. We're not feeling good. Yeah. So you went to the dentist. That was an achievement. That was a success. You know, because the dentist That's done because I could have place. quite easily just cancelled that. Yeah, but mm -hmm. I just have to get over my Atlas mentality. You know, I'm not Atlas. So I haven't got the world on my back. It's all about my altered thinking and that. And it's just about yeah, it, 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 I don't have to be there for everyone. You know, I, I've got this. It's almost narcissistic. I think that I think the world's going to stop spinning if I'm not bloody there. So I need to kick myself up the arse and go greener. We always, we always <laughs> think we're more important than we really are. Yeah, yeah, get yourself, Karina. Yeah, you know, if I didn't come back tomorrow, yeah, I'd be missed, but the world would not stop turning. It would still go on. It was one it thing I learned when Ed died, actually, was um, we had what we call an alternative funeral for him mm. because we didn't have a vicar. We never went to church. So why would a vicar come and talk at his funeral pretending to know someone he didn't know? So we conducted our own. So we had what they call a celebrant. Um, it was a non-religious service. And she said, it doesn't matter what goes on today because the sun will set tonight and then the sun will rise tomorrow. Yeah. If you're here, fine. If you're not, the sun will still rise tomorrow and then it will set tomorrow night. Mm. The world and does it, go on. <laughs> it's true. And, you know, those of us that have lost people close to us, moms, dads, partners, whatever, we know that the world goes on. The world keeps turning. Yeah. You know, we are missed in our own little world, yes. 
but it still goes on and people still get on with their lives. And I know that at some point I won't be here, but hopefully I'll have left a little bit of a mark around behind me. And hopefully they'll remember me with a smile. <laughs> remember Yay. me finally. And I'm not getting morbid, folks. I'm being realistic. Um, yeah. And I think that goes. I don't know. I just, um, it's the way I am. I think it comes back to that dash that we talk about from that yes. podcast, like, not podcast, that, that sort of, you know, TikTok where I saw that yeah. time. It's, you know, the date of birth, the date of death, the dash in between. That's it. That's your life. And we need to yeah. make it a good one. And, and I, we had a stark reminder of that, that yesterday. You know, we had a, a, a really nasty experience now, actually looking back on it, that um, we were in the car and Andy said to me, Look at those bricks on the other carriageway on the opposite side of where we were. They're, they're mm-hmm. big, I'm not talking big bricks. They were four times the size of normal house bricks. So kind of breeze block size. Yes. Solid concrete, like solid like bricks. And um, there'd been someone outside. And all of a sudden, even though we knew there were bricks littered, bang, we just couldn't avoid it. And we hit this brick. And we went up in the air, out of our seats, back down in our seats. Um, you know, all the things shot out the, the pockets on the side of the car. Um, the tyre blew out before we even hit the ground um, again, um, which which we did, fortunately. Unfortunately, hit it straight on because Andy was driving. Now, yeah. if I'd been driving, that car would have rolled because I wouldn't have had the strength in my arms and my shoulders to, to hold keep it. it straight, to hold it with that impact. It would mm-hmm. have just gone because it was so, so huge. Um, and, you know, luckily we're all, we're all okay, but it was just that reminder how one minute you can be doing something and the next minute your life can completely, completely change. And I'm not always, you know, talking about, I mean, it's very lucky that nobody was seriously injured yesterday and there wasn't a fatality. Um, I, I would, it was funny, wasn't funny, but I'd been saying to Andy when he said about these bricks, perhaps, you know, perhaps I'll call the police um, because it, it's dangerous. And just as I said that, bang, we mm-hmm. hit one. So I did call the police and they were really good. Um, and they came out and um, because I said, you know, someone's going to get killed. It was just a nightmare. We'd just seen a bike go the other, a motorbike go the other way and it just missed it. And if I'd have been in my Can-Am, I would have been off. There's no way I could have avoided it. I mean, as it happens, all we've got is uh, just to pay for a new tyre and, you know, the tracking's out and I'm hoping there's nothing more seriously done. But it's just a car at the end of the day. But it was just a stark reminder of how our lives can change in a split second. Yes. And it's, it's usually... Um, because of things that are completely out of our control, completely the, out of our the control. The majority of the time it's stuff that's not in our control. Because mm. if it was in our control, hopefully it wouldn't happen. Mm. But like most things, there are a lot of things that are not in our control in our lives. As, um, I think um, in one of the, in Stephanie Coverton's workbook for the woman's way through the 12 steps she asks you to list things you can control and things you can't control Mm. can't control the weather I can't control other people I can control me I can control my sobriety Mm. I have to decide you know it there are things that we just cannot control they're out of our control and like that one but 
even though it was out of your control, it still could have changed your life in a split second because there were three bit. You said it was only a car, but that car contained three people. People, yeah. Yeah, so it could it we could have you know changed yeah. lots of there and then, um, and thankfully it didn't. It folks. didn't. It didn't. Yeah, it, it didn't. didn't. We're fine. We're fine. So but that's it, it, the po- yeah. yeah. And I think I don't know about you, but I'm starting to reflect more on the positives. Hmm. Um, not thinking so much about negative stuff. Um, and I think maybe the negative was when I was really into my drinking. I I try and look for. I'm not Pollyanna. Some people call me Pollyanna. I'm not Pollyanna. Mm-hmm. But I do try and look for the positive in something. Okay, this wasn't good, but, you know, what, what, what can I learn from it sort of thing? So I do try and look for some, something positive. And mm-hmm. I think now I'm starting to, with my sobriety, and I think you're the same, you're moving in a totally different direction. I think we all are. We get to a certain point because this this journey, it you go through the journey and you come back full circle, but then you go through the journey again in a different way and come back full circle. So each time it's like, um, here we go. This is something that Steph, it's called the spiral of addiction and recovery. You spiral down in ever decreasing circles into addiction, Mm. alcohol, whatever. You spiral down in ever-decreasing circles. Then when you start recovering, you start spiraling upwards in ever-increasing circles. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I visualised then when you said that, that spiralling down, I I saw one of them eddies, are those whirlpools? Yeah. And um, it was almost like a whirlpool going back down and then sobriety of it going the other way and spitting us back out um, anyone who anyone who goes to her website can or on her book you can see it she does um, a diagram of it and like I say you start with the large circles as you're spiraling downwards it gets Mm. ever decreasing 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 to get to that point like we did where you think Mm. can't do it anymore I really cannot do this anymore Mm. yes this is it. Mm. This is the end. So it's either the end of me or it's the end of the alcohol. Mm. Uh, yeah. It's not quite the end of me, folks. <laughs> I've still got stuff to do. So it's the end of the alcohol. So then your circle starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's like I say, we go through ever increasing circles in the in the journey. And when, yeah. And as the circle gets bigger, we're moving further and further away from whatever we were addicted to. I, lo- I love that yeah I love that idea and I, and I love also um what you say about 70 70 commenting and, and and the areas of control because you know with me that is something that that is is huge I think acceptance acceptance of situations and control um accepting you know that hula hoop that we're sitting in or standing in that's our area of control and um I'm sending you all lovely great big glittery sort of hula hoops out there to sit in <laughs> or whatever color you want just pick your color those areas of control and also um something else I was going to say then and my mind just gone positive being positive mm-hmm. seeing the positive yep. stuff like yesterday yeah. it was horrible but it reminded me how precious life is. And it I is. hugged and cuddled and said, I love you a whole lot more after that. And um, 
And the other thing about, you know, you're saying about how I've been over the last <laughs> few weeks, I'd also caught myself with like, oh, I'm a bloody back, it's really hurting and my legs keep collapsing and my hips giving me pain and this and that and blah, 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 blah. Well, I was telling my body how <laughs> crap it was. So how's my and it was believing you? <laughs> yeah, how's it going to respond? Going to be well, sod you, you know. So now it's funny. And I've been telling people this, and they look at me as I'm absolutely crazy, which of course I am. Everyone knows I am. I'm dotty pot, you know, and that's fine. But I've been walking around going, "Oh, knees, I really love you. You're really great. You're helping me to walk and hip. You're great. Yeah, you're really helping me to keep moving forwards and keep on my two feet and back. You're keeping me out of a wheelchair. You're doing a great job, you know. I'm Positive being, affirmation. Yeah, I'm my, but I I'm. Um, like I say, I've, I've moved further and further away from <clears throat> the quit lit books. And one of my, um, oh, I love this book, which is the Brene Brown, The Gifts of Imperfection. I go back to this again and again and again, because I love it. But one of the things I truly believe in is that whatever emotions or whatever you tell in your mind, you feel in your body. Mm. Definitely. So you do feel emotions. So if you're feeling stressed, you get the sweaty armpits and Mm -hmm. all this. Emotions manifest themselves in your body. Yeah. So when you get that real happy feeling and you feel like you're going to burst, you feel Mm -hmm. it in your body because your mind and your heart and and all your emotions are all linked. So like you keep telling yourself, yeah, Nisha, you're doing a grand job for me. I love you. You know, um, it's positive. And if I tell my, and it being happy, you don't just sit there and wait for happy to come. No, you have to work at being happy. You have to look for the happy and there is always a happy. Um, you can, I've just had a cup of tea. It made me happy. (laughs) (laughs) I I think also working through the, and I'm not going to call them negative emotions because, you know, emotions are there for a reason. They're there for a reason. And and anything that is, when you're reacting in a correct way, it's a positive emotion. You know, if somebody dies, you grieve, you feel sad. That's positive. You know, it's it's not positive to be going around laughing about it. Although some people do because they have that reverse reaction, don't they? Yes. my brother's terrible because he can't cope with things like death and that, you know, or or being in churches and things. It, like at weddings and funerals, he'll just laugh. And like me and my mum would then be off laughing that when we're trying not to, because he just can't cope with with that emotion, you know, and that's the mm-hmm. way he deals with it. Um, but I go by the by. But I, I think sort of, you know, by working on those other emotions, working on all the baggage and all the stuff, you know, we've pulled off our comfort blanket. It's all exposed there when we stop drinking. And by working through those emotions and where they're coming from, what's stemming them and, and, and working at forgiveness and acceptance, because we can't, you know, people say forgive and forget. You can't do that. You have to go through the anger the resentment the sadness the whatever to be able to get to the stage of forgiveness um but when we've worked through that then the happiness comes Mm. much more naturally because you know we we haven't we're not carrying all this stuff around with us are we we've been carrying around for years well it's a huge weight emotion is 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 heavy Mm. emotion we know that happiness and joy is a light emotion it makes you feel lighter inside. And when you've got the anxiety, the sadness and 
grief even, it's a heavy emotion and you feel it. And it's almost like you can't lift yourself up. Mm. And I think a lot of the time when we're drinking heavily, this is just my perceptions, folks, please do not <laughs> take my word for it. <laughs> I'm just ordinary everyday Polly. You feel that heaviness because you've got the guilt, you've got the anxiety, you've got the shame. All the negative emotions are there when you're mm. right, coming right towards the end of your drinking days or even before. So you've got all the weight of that you're carrying around on top of the fact that you've got a hangover, which doesn't yeah. help. And you've got to go work and you feel like shit. Yeah, yeah. you feel like shit and you've got... But if you've got the strength, right, to carry that lot, get your ass mm. out of bed to go to work, then you've got the strength to get sober because carrying that lot around is a lot harder than it is carrying the relief of letting it all fucking go. Excuse my French. Okay. It is Definitely. because yeah. it, it, you do get this lightness when you, you get yeah. to a certain, well, I'd reached the point, like I said, I couldn't do it anymore. It was either the alcohol or me. And I thought of my family, my boys, my grandson. I thought, okay, then alcohol out the door. You had a, a, a grandchild come in, so you mm. made the choice. Yeah. Those, and little, the, those little fellas that come into our life make it. It is, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And it's just led me to bring you so much joy. And I'm so glad that now I have that joy. But it's so true what you said. You know, mm-hmm. initially it's hard work, you know, don't get us wrong. We've we've, you know, we we have got a lot of well, some you know I'm not going to say a huge amount we're not pros at sobriety by any means because you know I've, I've been working at being an alcoholic or having alcohol addiction for 20 plus years you know I've only been at this sobriety lark over about 15 months so I'm still a baby in this we're still babies in this but initially sobriety is hard work you do have to work really hard at it um but even that, even in the beginning, it is easier than all the weight that we carry yes. of being a, a drinker. And, you know, for everything, we're just burying and burying and but we're numbing, we're anesthetizing all those feelings. And then we come out of anesthetic and, well, they're all still there. So we'll just numb them a little bit more. And it's hard work. It is hard work burying all that stuff. But the, the, it gets easier the further you get along it gets easier and as you say it's changing it's an ever-increasing circle um connection we always say is key but there are times that both you and I have found that you have to take time out to connect with you you have to connect with Polly I have to connect with Karina we can connect with each other okay but sometimes we have to it's harder to connect with ourselves but also we we give a lot of support and that can be very emotionally draining at times we Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of our ladies who are in there supporting each other they will probably say the same thing some days you just haven't got it. it it it's as much as you can do to get yourself through that day so to help someone who's struggling is it's just Mm -hmm. not there so those are the days you have to step back. And some days, and I, I said this in a Zoom this week, it's, I feel some days like, here we go with your book, like writer's block. I just haven't got the words for people. 
you know, that the words just won't come for me to give them the kind of support that I think yeah. they should have. And so I find on those days, I'm better off not saying anything rather mm. than say the wrong thing. But it, it, it does come and you think, I haven't got it. No. I need, I, I need what I've got for me today. I can't yeah. give this away. And, you know, sometimes, well, well I think there's two things there. Yeah. One of the things that, that I knew for years that I did, even before I got sober, but it's something I'm still working on now and work on every day, is that, you know, one of the things, you know, I was a mental health nurse 37 yes. years. And I loved it. But what that did for me was help me focus on everybody else's problems. <laughs> and I didn't have to look at my own. And I knew that mm-hmm. even when I was nursing, that, that that's yeah. what it was. And, you know, that's the same thing with some support you give in sobriety is you have to go, whoa, hold on a minute. I'm doing all this, but actually it's stopping me working on, on my own stuff and I need mm-hmm. to take a break and I need to work on this. So that's one aspect of it. Um, the other thing which I think is absolutely huge, and this is something that I learned, I'd probably been nursing about 34 years. So it took me 34 years to learn this. Okay. And I remember there'd been a young lad who'd taken quite a significant overdose at the weekend, wasn't known to be our team at all, but had a urgent telephone assessment with us on the Monday. And I booked him in. I was that concerned about him. I booked him in to see him the very next day on the Tuesday. And he came to see me and we talked through sort of, you know, what had happened. And I make, made a contract with him as I, I do or and I still do if people are suicidal now in my own life, you know, not not my nursing life. I, I always make a contract with them that, that can you promise me that you will not act? If you have these thoughts that you either ring me, ring the crisis, you ring somebody, you talk about it. Yeah. We talk about crisis <clears throat> plans, which is um, being on the good podcast. I might do that one day on, on suicide, yeah. actually, because that's a very real thing and on, on crisis plans and how to do that. Um. And so I said to him, look, I want to see you again next week, but I need you to promise me that in between time, you ring me between the hours of nine to five if I'm here, or you talk to our duty line, or you talk to crisis line outside of that. Can you do that? Can you keep yourself safe? And he said, yes, I will. I said, okay. So he came to see me the next week and I said, um, how did it go? You know, how have you got on in this week? And he said, I've had my moments. I just feel really, really suicidal again on Thursday. And I said, oh, you didn't, you didn't ring me or you didn't ring the crisis line. How, how did you manage? You know, what did you use to get, get you through that? And he said, well, I thought to myself that I promised that lady who, I don't, who we didn't even know, who met me once, spoke to me once on the phone. So I promised that lady that I would not do this. And I knew that you were there for me if I needed you. And the team were there for me if I needed you. And I learned after 34 years of nursing that actually just being there mm-hmm. can be enough just being there yeah I mean I read uh, there was a little piece I read I'll have to put it up as a post in uh, I am sober and um, it you talk about suicidal but a lot of us have reached the point with our drinking where we think is this my life is mm. this what it is is this worth it so while we don't actively contemplate suicide, we reach a point where we think life is just, this isn't the life I want. 
this isn't how my life is supposed to be. And luckily, we realized that there was a way out and there is a way out. And the, the connection, like you say, you made him, you got him to make a contract with you. Mm -hmm. And I always worry because I'm not a professional. I worry that I would say the wrong thing to someone uh, because a lot of the way we support each other is while we can do voice messages, we don't do it face to face. Mm. A lot of it is through texts and through messaging and a telegram app. We've got our Zooms, which are ladies only Zooms. Ladies, if you want to come to a safe place with a problem or an issue, come and talk to us on a Zoom. We're all here for you. And I think those are the things, those, those are the ways that we can show support. But like I say, I worry sometimes when I haven't got it for anybody else that mm. I'm back to this thing of letting people down that you were on about earlier. Yeah. And that's because we, and I'm not bragging. I'm not bragging here, folks. Don't think that I am bragging. We are compassionate people. Mm. We're very compassionate. You were 34 years in mental health. If that's not a compassionate profession, I don't know what is. Mm. So you're a very compassionate person. You ha- you're an empath as well. Yeah. And <laughs> this, is, this, this is some of what's wrong. <laughs> we're empaths. So we... and. We take on other people's emotions, but that's a perfectly normal thing to do a lot of the time. And Drift to Bless His Heart with these uh, rewired um, modules he's doing with a lot of people. One of the modules he did was boundaries Mm. and putting boundaries in place. So um, as empaths, we do need to start working on, maybe that's our next spiral boundaries i've just started on that bit this week actually that's something i've started (laughs) on because that's been another thing with me with like my my body is changing at the moment i I am struggling a bit with the fnc which is possible i know stress makes it worse and there has been an awful lot of stress in my life the last few weeks you know also folks um um, karina had andy not very well a few weeks yeah. ago so that was stressful on top of yeah so, so so he had sepsis um yeah. but you know i'm sober i've got him to hospital in time we've got him yeah. sorted um but you know you, you start thinking of what if i hadn't if what if i hadn't been and and it was weird because the day before i'd started putting down boundaries and i nearly came home because we were down at his and i nearly came home here um because i'm like no i've, I've had enough <laughs> but and um, but there was that knowing you know thank goodness with Glennon Doyle that entailed I was all listening yeah. to my knowing of like you can't go home because if you go home you're not going to be free because you're going to be trapped worrying the whole time that he might go into sepsis because he was neutropenic he had no white or neutrophils were very very low um so it was it was a possibility and there was just something about me that you know in my guts I listened to it, it said stay. intuition yes instinct intuition yeah. I stayed and we got into hospital if I hadn't he would have died I certainly so I've kind of been dealing with with that and the emotional stuff of that so I know you know things have been pretty bad but a lot of my stress actually at the moment is other people's stuff I yeah. think it was just me sitting in my little mobile home not having to worry about the rest of the world you know I'm not talking about the the atlas world of sort of 
you know everybody else that I have virtually but just you know my little lot that are actually here next to me yeah um you know if I didn't have all their stuff to worry about I'd be I'd be okay I'd be rocking it you know but as you say as empaths as mothers as partners as daughters as sisters you know as aunties we have as friends we have all that other stuff that that we take on too so I, I have started setting boundaries this last week because the stress affects me with my my FND yeah I I saw a beautiful video of Arthur my grandson trying to walk and um, he's been here this weekend trying to walk as well. It's been wonderful. But it's kind of bittersweet because I look at him and I think, yeah, that actually is me. You can see the concentration in his face of the moving the foot, putting it forward, you know, mm-hmm. the next one. You can see all that in the video. And I'm like, that is what people with FND or functional neurological disorder have to do people with multiple sclerosis and things like that have to do that as well you know you have any connection of the neurological system any issue there you have to think that through and whereas I thought I'd rewired and retrained it's been difficult the last few weeks um but it's okay it is what it is but I then get frustrated myself because I can't run around being the empath, doing everything emotionally for people, doing everything for people physically. I can't do it. and But people expect me to carry on because I always have. If you give, they take. Yeah, and this <laughs> comes back. There are two words there. One of them you said earlier, boundaries and acceptance, accepting yeah. our limitations. And mm. it's like I look at things now and um, – Things I used to do even five years ago, um, I look at my limitations because I'm getting older and I think that annoys me. I can't do it anymore. And then I think, well, you are older, you know, (laughs) you've got to be gentle with yourself. And back to this, we're not superwoman. We are not. um, And this isn't just women. This is men as well. We can't do everything for everybody. And when we're absorbing other people's emotions, we're putting them on ourselves. And here we go back to that bloody great rucksack full of rocks yeah. of everybody's emotions bringing us down. And I don't know about you, I'm at a point now where I don't want that. No. I like the lighter side of life now. I don't want the heavy back. Um, maybe that's because I'm older and I don't want to go back to all that kind of stuff. Maybe it's because we're further along in sobriety. And you saying we're still infants in this. People who are early in sobriety, please be patient with yourself. Do not have unrealistic expectations. For many of us, it took about 20, 25 years to get to the point of, I can't do this anymore. Mm. It's going to take more than two and a half weeks, three weeks <laughs> to feel yeah. better. Yeah. We're both between us have got a, a thousand days and we're still learning. Mm. It's an, um, yeah, there's an expression in AA actually. This is the one course you never graduate from. You mm. never graduate in from this. You are always in recovery and you always work it, but, there's a way to work it that doesn't bring you down. Yeah. And what and you're doing. And being drunk. Yes. 
And what you're doing is one of the ways is to put in the boundaries. Some boundaries are hard, especially with family, because and especially with our children when they need us. Those boundaries are hard. Um, but with others, we have to learn to put boundaries in. Um, I'm still learning. And folks, I'll be 69 soon and I'm still learning, <laughs> you know, so it never stops. I think I will always be an empath, but I try, here's something I've, I, I try to be, I try to have a voice of reason in my mind. When someone has a problem, I try and reason it out in my head so that I can give a response that doesn't impact me and doesn't let me take on their problems looking for an answer that helps them deal with their problem without me taking on the burden of their problem. I don't know if that makes mm. any sense. Yeah, definitely. And we, we, we can't change who we are. And why should we? You know, no. we don't need to change I like who me. we are. Yeah, we, we do need to perhaps look at our responses and our, yeah. our areas of responsibility um, in, in what we do to keep ourselves well, because that, I think that's the biggest thing um in that that i've learned in sobriety is we need to be true to ourselves it is the hardest thing it's that is something i'm working every every single day and i, I remember one of the podcasts um it's about authenticity and yes. that actually literally translated means author of my own life yes. and i've said to myself every day this week i'm not being authentic I'm not, I'm not writing my book. Everybody else is writing my book and my story right now. And I don't like it. You know, that, you know, that big, I'm that the big... author of my own story. But it's like, yeah. you phoned me the other week and you said to me, are you all right? And I said to you, do you want me to tell you a lie or shall I tell you the truth? <laughs> and we'd just done um, one of Drifter's um, rewired Zooms on authenticity mm -hmm. and during it, I mean, it's when you're talking with other people like this that you have these aha moments. And I thought, do you know what? I'm not my authentic self when I keep telling people I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. When I'm not, when I'm tired, when I've had enough, when I just want to switch everything off. And yeah. I, want, I need to learn to say, no, I'm not so good today. I need to be quiet. Mm -hmm. And when we say, you said about uh, earlier in uh, a little while ago about, um, we want solitude. We mm. don't want isolation. No. no. There's a difference between the two. There's a difference between solitude and isolation. Brene Brown does a great piece on it. And mm. um, we all want solitude occasionally because we need to connect, reconnect with ourselves, like you said. Yeah. And yeah, to do definitely. it, we need, yeah, to do it, we need a little bit of peace, folks. And mm. If you need peace, I mean, I know it's hard when you've got mothers with young children. It's hard to find that quiet time. But even if it's only for five minutes. And yeah. I, I was reading about um, a short meditation, and it was actually from Stephanie Covington, believe it or not. When you're feeling overwhelmed, you sit comfortably in a chair feet on the floor so you're grounded mm. and you close your eyes and you hold your hands out palms up and then 
you take whatever is disturbing you and you take it out of your head and you put it in your palm and you start cupping it. So if it's sadness, put it in your palm. If it's a bit of stress, put it in the, you know, cup your hands, start gathering it in. After a few minutes, when you've done it, turn your hands over. Palms let down. It go. Let it yeah. go. And just let it go. Mm. And I tried it. Um, I sat there and I sat there with my hands cupped. And I was thinking about things that I could not control. And I was mm-hmm. putting them, I was putting them in my in my hands. I mean, I cannot control what's going on with Dan. I can mm-hmm. manage it, but yeah. I can't control it. So different things like that. And then just turn your hands over, let it go, take a few nice slow breaths, and then open your eyes. And that doesn't take more than a few minutes. No. That's nice. I like that. I think I can manage (laughs) that one. I have to give that a go. (laughs) This is it. I mean, different things. This is is the way my mind is going lately. It's going off in different directions. But it's mostly looking at ways that I can help me deal with what is going on. And, yes, Dan is... Folks, Dan is not getting any better and he's not going to get any better. Bless his heart. There isn't a miracle cure for this. You've got FND. So this is something similar. It's as what they call CIDP, which is chronic inflammatory demyelating polyneuropathy, which means all the myelin around his nerves is breaking down. Yeah. So his brain isn't getting the messages to move his feet. Yeah. And his poor hands are curling in, you know, little things like this. And it, but we manage, we're managing. And while some days it's hard, it's easier sober. Definitely. It's easier sober. I, don't, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would get impatient before. And this is horrible to say, folks, but I would get impatient. Mm. You know, oh, God, I've got to get up again. I've got to do the all like this. Angry, so angry. I don't get angry anymore. You get so resentful when you're drinking. So resentful, you know. And and you get resentful because how other people or other people needing you or wanting you halts your drinking or stops when you can drink. It interrupts you. Yeah, I'm going to be realistic and say, yeah, I am going to be realistic and say, I still occasionally get resentful because I'm human and I have Mm. emotions. Yeah, and it is normal. But that was angry resentful. This is not Mm. angry resentful. I sometimes get resentful that we can't be spontaneous because with the illnesses he's got, there's a lot of stuff has to be put in place. Like as we know, I am coming to the UK. Yay! Yay! I am coming to the UK. I am going to go and grab my boys and cry my eyeballs out. I bet, <laughs> I get yeah. hold of them. It's been 27 months since I grabbed oh two God. of my boys. Wow. Um, and there's a lot of stuff has had to be put in place in order to allow me to do this for a week. Mm. And I, appre- I fully appreciate that he is going along with the things that I am putting in place so that I can go. Yeah. You know, um, and it, 
emotions are part of us, as we said earlier, and it is not horrible to feel anger. It is not horrible to feel resentment if it's in the right context. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, like I say, I would get resentful of my time being disturbed. You know, mm. oh, God, I've got to get up again. I would quite willingly get up to refill my wine glass. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but if I had yes. to get up for other stuff, I was like, oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Gosh darn it. You know, yeah. things like that. But now it's, it's, it's a different kind of um, resentment. It's resent. I resent that he can't enjoy his later years. Yeah. that he has to suffer like this um yeah. i resent like i say we can't be spontaneous we can't just cheer around and say oh let's go so and so let's go mm-hmm. you know retirement is it's a full-time job yeah but again it comes back <laughs> to that control and acceptance doesn't it yeah. your hula hoop sending you a lovely shiny hula hoop that's it <laughs> and next time i see you young lady it will be face to face I can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Um, yes. Um, I would. I would love to have had a huge get together. Um, anyone in the UK? I am so sorry. It's such a fast visit. But as as you just heard me say, it takes a lot to put things in place. And he could go to a nursing home, but unfortunately, I don't feel really comfortable with nursing homes just yet. No. Not with COVID, yeah. No, so um, we're putting in some things in place at home so that Mm. he can stay at home and be comfortable at home while I'm away. But, you know, I can't be away for long, but um, I can't wait to meet. We're going to grab each other. I've got to cry my eyeballs out when I grab Oh, yeah, me too, yeah. (laughs) I've enjoyed this podcast talking about emotions. Um, I can't wait to see what this book is like. I think yeah. it's going to be good because we've grown, like I say, with these spirals, uh, as, uh, uh, coming back spiral is, is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And we've learned so much, but we don't just learn it from um, reading books and things. We learn it from other people in sobriety. Yeah. You know, we, we, we different people come with different uh, viewpoints, et cetera. And, where you would hold a hard and fast viewpoint, you may start looking at it differently when you hear it from another person's viewpoint. So I think the best part of my sobriety is my open mind. Definitely. And I think for all people starting out, you know, we, we, we're part of the I Am Sober community. So yes. get on there. There are other communities around as well, but that's our community. Um, get on there, post, comment. You know, you, we learn so much. And we can just put a little post up and it will change somebody's life that day. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Every post I read changes, makes a difference to my thinking that day. Um, yeah. And my um, I think we know, like I say, open mind now. We're open to other suggestions, other ways of doing things, because these journeys are individual. No two journeys are the same because no two people are the same. We're not robots, folks. We are thinking, feeling people. I will say that um, these podcasts, you will find these podcasts on SoberTownPodcast.com, which is an amazing website that um, our friend Drifter has built with so many resources on it. And everybody who um, puts, everybody who has anything to do with SoberTownPodcast.com is in recovery. 
So when you're reading posts, reading blogs, listening to podcasts, these are people who have gone through it. We're not people talking who've never been there. We are people who have been there. So we can, we can hand on heart speak, speak our truth. And SoberTownPodcast.com has got some run, wonderful things going on in that um, Drifter is working with Erica Spiegelman on Rewired because it is possible to rewire your brain or retrain your brain in a positive way. As you can hear from us, we've got positive, we're full of positivity now. We've accepted yeah. that this is now our life. We're learning to put boundaries in. That's going to be, but with everything in this journey, each learning experience moves you on to the next learning experience. So we learned boundaries with our alcohol way back at the beginning. Now we're learning different boundaries. And that's how mm -hmm. we're growing is um, the, the spiral. You know, it, we learn something new each time that we address either acceptance, boundaries, control. It, it's something new each time. And that's what makes this journey wonderful. So definitely. So, and, yeah. and even though we're making podcasts for Sabertown Podcast, I still go on there. I still listen to everybody else's podcasts. I, I read all the stuff or Todd's blogs and that, you know, the resources and the tools. They're, they're absolutely fantastic. And we are all... Just a reminder to everybody, we were all just one sip away from our addiction again. Yes. It really is one day at a time. But now for me, it's one day at a time of learning more and more about sobriety, my life, people's lives, the world as a whole. But I'm just going to stop yeah. carrying that atlas on my world, <laughs> that world on my Gotta back. Got to take the world <laughs> off your shoulders, girl. Yeah. And I'm it literally is. That, yeah. But <laughs> this is it. We literally live one day at a time because mm. while I know some of what is going to happen tomorrow, I don't know all of it. And anything could happen later today that's going to change tomorrow. So, yeah. you know, I can't, there are things I can control. There are things I can't. So We only uh, ever have now. That's, that's all it. It's now. I you think, know. And I think learning to live in the present. Definitely. That's been huge as well. Eckhart Tolle, as you know, or told that there's been huge for me, like living in the, the power of now. You can go and listen to that on YouTube. It's seven hours long. It's all free, though. Living in the power of now. Absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, there is no tomorrow, really, nope. or yesterday, because there's only ever today, because tomorrow. When you get there, today. it'll be today. <laughs> and today will be yesterday. So, yeah, we only have this moment. Yeah. This there's is a yesterday have, and yeah. there's a today. Now, yeah. when we get to Tuesday, yeah. it'll be today, and today will be yesterday. Yeah. Um, and, anyone... yesterday and yesterday, as I was flying through the air in the car, Starskin Hutch style, zoom, yep. I was reminded, yep. <laughs> we only have now. <laughs> and also, the, the book I mentioned, I mean, there's a couple of books mentioned. Stephanie Covington, um, I did a podcast with her. I absolutely loved it. The lady, Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, the lady definitely believes that there, there is a connection between trauma and addiction. Mm -hmm. and trauma can be anything in your life yeah divorce with my in my case widowhood it could be a car accident it could be mm -hmm. anything um so stephanie covington a woman's way through the 12 steps was is a wonderful book and the workbook is good but if you go to her website there's a lot there about trauma 
and um, Trauma for Women. She's worked a lot with women. And also my other favorite author, I have to say, Brene Brown. I did the wholehearted inventory. I did it many months ago. And then I did it again just over a week ago. And it had changed completely Mm. from where I was several months ago. And I was really pleased to see that. And then I just bought myself another new book. Here we go again, Paula. This is my this is my new addiction. Is books, <laughs> books, yeah, but books, yeah. This book is called Humankind. Ah, uh, heard of that? Yeah, yeah. Changing the world one small act at a time. And I'm going to read you something that really it tickled me. Something wonderful. Chapter ten is about catch a wave or start one. Well, we started a wave, didn't we? Yeah, started our ladies groups. Drifter started the SoberTownPodcast.com, so we started a sobriety wave. But this expression here absolutely made me laugh so hard. Go for it. It's okay not to be an expert. Amateurs built Google and Apple. Experts built and sailed the Titanic. <laughs> Who would you rather be? <laughs> I love it. I come love sail it. Our ship with us. We're the best. Yes, come and sail the ship with the uh, inexperts. The amateurs. <laughs> yeah, the amateurs. Because we know what we're doing, folks. No, we don't. Yeah, because we were expert drinkers. That's it. Yeah, we were experts. <laughs> expert drinkers. Yes, we were. We won the Olympics for alcohol. Folks, this has been wonderful. Karina, thanks for joining me on the train again. Lovely to be with you again. Yeah, (laughs) next time we catch up, it will be in the UK. So maybe we'll manage a a small podcast together in a cafe, having a couple of coffee. Maybe. That'd be good, wouldn't it? That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. Darling, thank you. We could do a little video for Sabre Town. Yes. Yeah, that would be good. Put a little video. Yeah, we'll do a little selfie video. That'd Um, be great. Yeah, we'll do a Zoom block. We'll do a, a Zoom thing, like a yeah, yeah. a video. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, folks, uh, thanks for joining us. We've had fun talking about emotions and learning boundaries and learning what we can control, etc. Because these are important, and I hope your spiral gets bigger and bigger as you go along the journey. That's the way I'm looking at it now. Is my spiral is getting nice and big? I love that. That's great. I love that. Okay, well, until I see you again and talk to you all again, then much love. Much no matter love. what, and no. see you soon. Yep, Take no care. sippy, no slippy. Take care, Bye. darling. Bye. Bye.